Hey guys, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen with us. You're about to hear an incredible message from Pastor Brett called One Step at a Time, right here on the Engage Network. Well, it's good to be uh, back at church. It feels like an eternity. I I'm even miss most of your faces. I can't say all of your faces because some of you are new. So it's good to see you, and uh, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, for the last number of weeks, I was uh, out of the country in Slovenia. Anyone know where Slovenia is? Anybody at all? We got one person. Well, that's all right. It's a tiny little country. Uh, it's right below Austria, right beside Croatia. Venice is just kind of around the corner. Beautiful little uh, European uh, country. And we were there. We have missionaries there that we support, uh, Luca and Cassandra Fartek and their pastors. And in that country, uh, in Slovenia, uh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing place. And... Uh, I want to jump into the word, and then we'll, we'll get back to Slovenia in a moment. If you've got, has anyone got a paper Bible here today? Do we have anybody with a paper Bible? One, two, I'll count mine. That's three. We're almost at revival levels. That's all right. Uh, if you're using the YouVersion Bible app, all, everything is locked and loaded on there, ready for you to go. Uh, you just hit the more button in the bottom right-hand corner, then events, and you'll see engage church. Is anyone feeling sleepy this morning? Is that what's happening here? I don't know what's happening. Oh, we got one. We got one. I see that. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you for the honesty and courage this morning. Uh, we're a little tired, but let's hope by the end uh, you'll have woken up and you can go on and do the other things that you have to do today. Oh, wait, this is the most important thing in the day. Anyways, Psalm 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, the Lord delights in the details. Uh, sorry, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. This may seem familiar uh, to you. It's because that is what our uh, vision or our phrase, we follow Jesus one step at a time. This is the Bible verse that that is built on. That's why it would sound a little familiar to you. Now, on this last, uh, this trip to Slovenia, I was really uh, captured by how much God cares about the small details and how much our small decisions uh, ultimately matter because they all add up to one uh, big thing. When I was uh, graduating high school uh, and looking where to go to where to go to college. I was playing in a band, so that was my highest priority was being a Christian rock star, if there's such a thing. Uh, there's not, by the way. Uh, that's not a thing. But that's what we were trying to do. And, and the other thing I wanted to do is get away from here as quickly as possible. So I applied to Hillsong College in Australia. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Bible College in Australia. I'm not staying here. I knew I was called to ministry. I'm like, I'll just go over there. It's fine. I'll become a songwriter. I'll write songs that the whole world will sing, you know, because clearly it was about Jesus and not about me at that time. Uh, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I filed all the paperwork, submitted it, uh, sent it back. Uh, a couple weeks later, I get a package in the mail. It says, Brett Esslinger, Hillsong College, in the moment, uh, actually Pastor Jeremy was at, at my house, in the moment that I put my hands on the package, I knew I wasn't supposed to go there. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. I want to go where it's warm all the time. There's no winter there. Winter's like our, well, summer. So... <laughs> 
I'm like, all right, fine, fine. I, I see what you're saying, Lord. You don't want me to go there. I know where you want me to go. So I applied to Portland Bible College, and I go away on spring break again with Pastor Jeremy on a weekend, like those recruitment trips where you go, and they try and get you to come to their school, and they put you up for the whole weekend, and they try and, like, woo you in. Um, ironically enough, Hillsong United was playing that night, so that was great. Uh, but we pull into the parking lot, and the moment my foot touches the pavement of the parking lot, Jeremy goes, not again. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not supposed to go here. So I had to fake my way through an entire recruitment weekend asking them meaningful questions about their college that I never intended attending, intended on attending. Uh, and I was like, all right, God, on the drive home, what on earth am I going to do? Where am I going to go to school? And he's like, well, you do have this college in your hometown. I'm like, God, I'm not going to Northwest Bible College. See, I was hanging out with a lot of Bible college students at the time, uh, and you know when you hang out with students, you never hear the good part of the school that they attend, right? You only hear all the bad parts. You're like, man, they're the worst, and this, and this. And I'm like, that place is the worst. And I literally, I mean, you don't make these kind of commitments before the Lord. Uh, but I was like, Lord, I am never attending Northwest Bible College. And he's like, deal. And I'm like, really? Okay. He's like, how about you apply to Northwest Bible College? And I'm like, okay. So I applied, sent in my application. And when I say, okay, I was more like, okay. Uh, begrudgingly following the instruction of the Almighty God. <clears throat> and I show up to school the first day of school. And I'm happy to tell you that I've never attended Northwest Bible College because that was the day in the year that they changed the name of the school. And the Lord's like, got him. <laughs> See, you never had to attend Northwest Bible College in your life. You went to Vanguard College. You didn't go to Northwest Bible College. Now, what strikes me about that and about going there at that right time is that I went to the music program. And when I went to the music program, I had a professor named Professor Jerry Paulson. Professor Jerry Paulson just happens to be the dad of one of our worship leaders, Brendan Paulson. Yeah, you're like, I don't care. Why is this going? <laughs> He's not here. Why would we cheer? <laughs> okay, cool. It's like that this morning. So I, I go to Bible college, and first of all, the most important part about me going to Bible college, talking about God cares about the smallest detail of our lives, is that I met Desiree. And if I wouldn't have met Desiree, Lord knows, who knows where I'd be. I, you know, she, she keeps it all together and, you know, all those things. But I got to know Professor Paulson. If I didn't get to know Professor Paulson, I ended up doing our wedding, and now is actually my neighbor down the road from me. If I didn't know him, then he wouldn't have sent Brendan to our church. And if he wouldn't have sent Brendan to our church and come and become a worship leader here, then all the single ladies wouldn't be here. And... I mean, I'm a truth talker, <clears throat> and Brendan's sister Cassandra would have never come here with her husband named Luca when they were back from this little country called Slovenia, and when they were here, we went for coffee, and he shared with me his heart for his nation, a nation of two million people with only 2,000 evangelical Christians, and we would have never gotten on a plane and gone to a trip to, to minister in that country. You see, God cares about the smallest details of our lives, and you think that small decisions that you're making or decisions that you're making almost seem meaningless. Like, it's like, well, what does it even matter? Well, can I tell you that when you're making decisions, God cares about your decisions. There's more things that are happening behind your decisions than you think. 
You think it's just this small thing over here, and God's like, hold on, i got a plan and purpose that I'm working. I've got a storyline that I'm writing. I'm weaving things together. I'm, I'm, I'm putting hearts together. If you go here, I can move all these pieces over here. God cares about the small things, and you're like, man, I, just, I feel like I need to give somebody permission who's wrestling with a decision, and your spouse is like, come on, just make a decision. And you're like, no, there's, there's something here. And normally I'm the person saying, come on. But I feel like today I just need to give you permission to just ask Jesus what he wants you to do. Because he cares about those things. And it might even seem insignificant to you, but I think it's important that we learn to include Jesus in our decision-making process. Now, I don't want you to be paralyzed saying, Lord, what pair of socks should I put on this morning? Should I wear black? Should I wear white? <clears throat> Don't do that. That's foolishness. Hey, I'm making a decision that's going to impact me and my family. Hey, you could write lists of pros and cons, and you probably should. You should do all of your due diligence, but then you should probably ask the person who created you what he wants you to do and incorporate that into your decision-making process. Because you don't know what God is intending to do with those things that you thought were seemingly nothing. You know, I'm thankful. You know, Sherry's on the worship team today. I'm thankful. I guess I'm just reflecting today. Uh, I'm thankful uh, that six years ago when we started the church that I got a job at Starbucks managing the Starbucks. Sherry was one of my employees. And my God, uh, if you would have told me that Sherry would be sitting here, I would have laughed at you and said, God's going to have to do a deep work and a miracle. And... uh, (laughs) She said, I'm not wrong. Uh, And yet, here she is leading worship, married to this hunk of a man, Kristen. uh, And God's doing amazing things in their lives and has a great plan and purpose for them. But I'm thankful that, you know, we had conversations and and things over time and that God drew her her back here and that God's doing something in her life. It's those small little decisions, those small little little passing tones. It's those those moments that just kind of happen that we kind of take for granted. But did you know that in those moments that you take for granted, God has an ultimate purpose and a plan? So we can stay open and we can stay responsive because we know that the Lord delights in every detail of our lives. And if he delights in the details of our lives, he delights in the details of the lives of the people that are in our sphere. So when you do something smaller, you make a little gesture or you speak a word of encouragement or you speak a word of life or you just do something to show somebody that they're loved, you have no idea the impact that you are making on their lives. Because you think that it's just you doing you, but in fact it's the power of Jesus at work through you because oftentimes, isn't it the little silliest small things that, get, that happen? You're like, wow, I knew God was really working when. You're like, really? That was the thing, huh? <laughs> but when you look back on the journey, it's those small things that add up that go, man, that was the grace of God. It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God. So what if our posture was to extend the grace of God in the small things, in the small moments, in, in the little things, in the little conversations, in the little encouragements, knowing that God cares about those small things? And can I tell you that as you take that step of faith to begin to reach out in those small ways, that it actually does something inside of you does something inside of me. It begins to build our faith because we're like, oh, if God could do it like that in that small thing, then maybe he could do this like small, medium thing. 
And then he asks us to do something a little bit bigger, requires a little bit more faith. You're like, okay, well, because you did the small thing and because you did the small medium thing, I'll take the step of faith and do the medium thing. And then he's like, how about you do the next thing? You're like, no, let's stay at medium for a while. But you begin to build this capacity to hear and respond to the voice of God and to trust that when he leads you or prompts you that he's going to respond. And it starts in the small things, the things that you think are throwaway things, the things that we think are forgettable. God cares about all those little things. And he's calling us to be just as faith-filled in the small things as we are in the big things. Sometimes it's like we're storing up all our faith for one big moment. You know, it's like we're just hoarding it. We're like, no, I'm not going to use any faith until I have need of this one big miracle. And then you hold on to it and you hoard it and you wait for this moment. And you, what you actually do is you live your life under your own strength, your own power, your own decision making process. You trust yourself instead of trusting Jesus because you're holding on to your faith for that big faith moment. But the truth is, faith doesn't work like that. You can't hoard it. It was meant to come to you and then flow through you. It's something that grows. It's something that grows out of a deep relationship and trust. So if we skip the small steps, trusting Jesus, you know, Zechariah 4 says that we do not despise the days of small beginnings. Proverbs 3 says that we, we trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We lean not on our own understanding. If we recalibrate our mentality to focusing on these small steps and these small things and we begin to trust we actually begin to deepen our relationship with Jesus, trust him in a greater way, and he gives us a capacity to have faith for the bigger thing. Instead of saying, I'm just going to hold on to my faith until I really need it for another time, and I'm going to do what I want until you know, something real big comes along. What I loved in Slovenia, well, first of all, they have the greatest catchphrases of all time. You know, we say praise the Lord, and it's like praise the Lord, right? It's like, who cares? Sounds great. It's not exciting. Over there, that language is electric. If you're going to say praise the Lord, you say Slava Bogo. <laughs> I mean, how can you not get fired up if you're saying the word Slava Bogo? Like, that just sounds good. I'm just ready to worship Jesus Christ Almighty, you know? Slava Bogo. So I think you need to turn to your name and say Slava Bogo. See, you just can't help but feel the joy of the Lord is your strength now. Like all of a sudden, you've been strengthened because you just said the word Slava Bogo, and you can't, you can't even believe that God's doing a deep work in you already. And then the great thing uh, uh, is what we learned with, with God is that resistance is futile because in Slovenia, the way you say God is Bog, which sounds like Borg. So you just know that God will get you no matter what. Anyways, in Slovenia... The thing I think that, that really struck me the most about the people that were there, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a few quick, has anyone got some little time for a few stories of Slovenia? Uh, great, I've got so much time as well. Um, I'll be here all day. Uh, if Maybe some of you watched the Facebook Live, maybe some of you didn't. The very first day we were there, we went to a city called Patui, literally like Ratatui or Patui, like you're sneezing. Uh, and that's where Luca and Cassandra are. Uh, who we support. They're taking over a church. They just planted the church uh, with another pastor, and now they're taking it over in September. There's about 30, 40 people. The biggest church in the entire country is 120 people, uh, uh, biggest Christian church, and uh, most of them are 30, 40 people. And so we go to this church, 
And they're like so embarrassed because it's summer. They're like, listen, not everyone's here on vacation. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm from Alberta. Summer's a ghost town uh, at church. It's like Jesus only exists through September to June. Anyways, <clears throat> I'm like, it's all fine. So we show up there. And I said, listen, every single time I speak, I, I kind of made this thing with the Lord that I'm, I'm always going to extend an altar call for somebody to make a decision to follow Jesus. They said, like, we don't really know who's going to show up today. You know, not many people come in and, and do that. I'm like, that's fine. We're just going to do it anyways. And so I, I spoke an okay message, you know, with translation and jet lag and all those things because we got in Saturday night at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. We preached the next morning at 930. And... At the end of the service, I just did the thing that I do here. Hey, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'll count down, three, two, one. And I didn't even see the guy's hand. I missed him. A guy waves. And the translator, Luke, is like, uh, so you missed a guy in the back corner over there. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we did the prayer. And then we just went on with our Sunday. It wasn't until uh, supper time. We get back and we find out that the guy who put up his hand that made the decision he was probably in his 50s, used to come into the church services yelling at the top of his lungs, causing disturbances because his son had got saved and he thought it was a cult and he was angry. And he would like literally, I mean, if you've ever encountered the parking guy that comes in every once in a while in the winter, <clears throat> you don't know, like this guy would come in and like mess things up, like mess stuff up, you know, yelling and screaming and causing a commotion. But he slowly, over time, for about six months, saw what was happening in his son's life. And he started slowly waiting outside the door, then standing in the lobby, then going into the, they had a little coffee area, which they had a full espresso bar, praise God. And, <laughs> and then you kind of move into the lobby, and he started getting closer and closer and closer. And on that Sunday, on that day, he didn't scream. He didn't yell. He put up his hand and said, you know what? God's done something, and I cannot. I cannot wait another moment because I've seen what he's done in the life of my son. And if he can do that for him, he can do it for me. And it changed him in a moment. He was ang When he came in, he was angry, and he was upset, and he was, you know, firm-faced. And by the end, he's crying in, with the pastor, accepting Jesus into his life. You're like, well, so you went to Slovenia for one person. Let me tell you, yeah, one person is worth it, people. One person is worth it, but we didn't just go for one person. We went with a mission. Did you know there's only three young pastors in the entire nation? Two in their 40s, one in his 20s. That's Lucas in his 20s. That's it. That's the next generation of leaders for a nation. And we went believing that God would do something in people's lives because they come out of, uh, there's hints of socialism under, uh, communism and socialism under Tito. They come out, uh, everyone's got a free education, which sounds amazing. But when you've got a free education, going to work for Jesus doesn't sound awesome. You're like, I'm going to go. And, and unemployment is actually uh, a big deal there. There's lots of highly educated people with no jobs. And they're like, I, they have a hard time taking a step of faith because as, an, as a people, they've been oppressed for generations. This is since, since they separated from Yugoslavia, it's the first time that their nation has been free. So their mindset passed down through the generations is, is a possessed people, an oppressed people. So believing in faith, taking a step of faith is a big deal. And so we go to this young adult camp, which you might have seen the hundreds of pictures that were posted uh, and videos that were shared by their team there. Uh, and we left a bunch of footage for them as well. Uh, but we're like, you know what, God, if you could, if you could call four new young pastors put a desire in their heart to come forward and follow you. That would be amazing. 
And so we just trusted God, and we taught every day, night and day, every day. And we get to the end, and I, at the very last night, I said, listen, God wants to change your nation. He wants to do it through you. There's nobody else coming. Like, it's, it's, it's us. Like, we're here. Who wants to come? We had 10 people come forward and respond. And that's incredible because we over doubled the amount of people that want to become leaders uh, and pastors in their nation. And that's amazing because God's got a big plan for that country. And the crazy thing, we got to meet with pastors from all across the nation and uh, the pastors all across the nation. We said, listen, how can we serve you? How can we help you? So we've actually started a formal relationship with them. We're going to go back about twice a year for the next number of years, bringing all kinds of teams, all kinds of people. I know there's people in the room that were already messaging, can I come on the next trip? I'm like, how much money do you have? Um, (laughs) But this, you know, this little church in Spruce Grove, in Stony Plain, you know, I don't know that when I moved here, I didn't know which one came first, Spruce Grove or Stony Plain. I didn't even tell people I was from Spruce Grove there. I just said Edmonton. That didn't even connect with them. So I just said Canada because that's all they knew. They're like, near Vancouver? I'm like, yeah, kind of near Vancouver. <laughs> right? It's like they know Vancouver or Toronto. Like that's, I'm like, so yeah, Vancouver for sure. <clears throat> But to think that you're sitting here on a Sunday, and when you give on a Sunday, and when you show up to church on a Sunday, that we're making investments not only into this area, into this region, but we're helping raise up a whole new generation of leaders in another country. They don't have any Bible college in the country. They have to leave their country to go to school. We're helping them establish some ministry training there. It's an absolute honor and a privilege to to do that and I hope that many of you get to go and experience this incredible country but can I tell you the thing that that got me the most about them they're reserved they're very they're blunt and reserved which is hilarious so like they 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 stare at you like I thought they were going to murder me the entire time I was speaking because their faces were just angry uh and then they don't they have no degree of politeness like as Canadians where everything's very polite and they don't have that so that was great feedback was tremendous um but what they do have is a very very simple faith and this is what I mean by simple faith we talked a lot about following Jesus one step at a time and they just wanted to know practically how to hear how to hear Jesus because all they wanted to know is if they could figure out how to hear Jesus and they could figure out how to follow him one step at a time and and every time we said something or we shared something or we taught something this, this grabbed me and it grabbed my soul and my spirit because I'm like, man, we need this at home. They just believed it. And you're like, uh, we're skeptics here. Like, we have questions. Yeah, they have questions too. Trust me, I answered them for hours. We literally did a Q&A session. We talked about everything from euthanasia uh, to suicide. If you go to hell, if you commit suicide, we talked about all, all the things that you think that people would wrestle with, but they can understand and they can hold in their heart. The simple truth that Jesus changes everything. 
because they know the stark contrast to what it looks like. There's a suicide epidemic in their nation. There's an addiction. Not We have opioids. They're just good old-fashioned alcohol, and they're just addicted like you would not believe, and they're drunk like you would not believe, and they're trying to soothe some pain and to, to try and bring some healing to their heart like you would not believe because they're a broken people and a broken nation, and the truth is they're not that much different than us. We're a broken nation and a broken people in desperate need of a Savior, but they know the stark contrast from what it was like to live without Jesus to what it looks like to live with Jesus now, and they know how much better it is on this side than it was on that side. So when they hear, so yeah, you should clap. So when they hear something, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. And I think sometimes in Canada, we're like, hmm, I'll get back to you. And I'm not saying you should take me at my word. I think you, you're, I want smart believers. I believe in that. I think you should search the word. But how about we search the word and then we believe the word? Because uh, we, we, I'll be Slovenian blunt. Because I think we read the word and we debate the word and we like to talk about the word. But I'm not sure that we've gotten all the way to believing the word at times. Right? Like, we know it and we believe it. We have the intellectual knowledge to believe it. But do we have the heart capacity to believe it? And it's okay to have questions and it's okay to wrestle. But it's also okay to hold two things at the same time. Hey, I've got questions, but I know that Jesus has the answers. So I can have questions and I can bring him the answers and I can discover it and I will take him at his word when I discover his word. And that kind of faith, that's the kind of faith where things start to shift and change because we just say, Jesus, you called me to it. Hey, one step, I got this. That's why we have to bring it all the way back down to following Jesus one step at a time. It says, though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. You know, for a long time, I'm going to go over time. We should get the band to come. For a long time, we've heard a lot about the promises of God, right? We hear about the promises. We preach about the promises. We teach about all the good things that come from God. And can I tell you, they are too many to name. But at times we have curated and created a shallow faith because we've left out the process of God. We want the promise without the process. And when we follow Jesus one step at a time, we go to mountaintops and we go through valleys. And at times we walk through what the psalmist describes as the valley of the shadow of death. But sometimes we get discouraged because we grab a hold of a promise. We say, this is what God says. He's promises. He promises in his word. And we hold on to the promise. And then we get so discouraged and we get so depressed because the, the, the promise isn't coming to pass in our timeline or the way that we want it to happen or when or how we want it to happen. But we forgot that along with the promise comes the process of God. We just want a quick fix. Listen, God can give you a quick fix, but what God cares about equally to your quick fix is your character. That's why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are essential, but the gifts only function 
out of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which is everything to do with your character. So you might be holding on to a promise and even mad at God for not fulfilling a promise. And he's whispering to you today, why don't you trust me on the process so I can lead you into the promise? I had so many more Bible verses for you. It's all on the YouVersion Bible app. But we can trust Jesus. I don't know what it is you're believing for. Understand that he's heard every prayer. He's seen every tear. He knows every line that's written in your journal. He heard you when you were yelling in your truck. He saw you when you were quietly sobbing at the grocery store. He knows. And he's walking you through a process that will not only bring you to a promise, but that will transform you from the inside out, leading you one step at a time into a bright and glorious future where God, through his mighty power at work in us, will accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask, hope, imagine, or dream. See, we've hung our hat on a moment Jesus says we're on a life journey together. One step at a time. Let's not make it more complicated than it really is. We just follow Jesus one step at a time. We trust him in the small things, then in the medium things, then in the large things, back to the medium things, to the extra large things. Thank you.